Welcome, everybody, to Broadcast Team Alpha, where I am so excited tonight, guys. We have, we are breathing rarefied air. We have two of the most wise, cosmic, and ancient beings that I am so excited to hear from tonight. A lot of you, some of my really close friends know how much I love Egypt and the whole mystery behind Egypt. So I'm going to be listening very carefully tonight, as I hope you are too. If you have questions, please put them in the chat room in capital letters so I know to ask them to our beautiful guests. And I just want to thank you as always for being here. Thank you for your PayPals. Thank you for your super chats. Um, when you donate to Broadcast Team Alpha, it helps us, uh, of course, cover production costs. And it also helps us have a bigger reach. And then we get incredible guests, more and more incredible guests like Shima and Eleanor tonight. So, Augie, without any further ado from me, please, ex uh, please I can't think of the word. Please introduce our guest. That's, uh, it's okay. It's my turn. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah. I love that happens. We'll, we'll just keep laughing because this will be fun. It will be so much fun because yeah. we have um, Shaima Battery from uh, Cairo, Egypt, and Eleanor Lydia Bain from down in Barbados. Barbados, I think, or something like that. And uh, there is three in the morning in Cairo. So we really appreciate you, Shaima, because I, I, there were times in my life when I didn't think three in the morning existed. But it <laughs> does, I guess. So you're looking at it here. <laughs> and uh, OK, a little bit more serious. This is going to be very educational for me because we will explore Egypt tonight. What is above the sand, below the sand. And some people say that we may have only discovered about 10% of all the artifacts that is in Egypt above or below the sand. And uh, there are so many secrets. Some of them are known. But some of them are known. It is just that they've been kept from us. Because uh, Egypt is a key to the history that we were never told, that connects to extraterrestrial connection and other worldly connections from any from Lemuria, maybe, or many other places around that all ended up with higher technologies back in Egypt. But the handlers of the world, they don't want us to know anything about this history, because uh, the technology of the past, like maybe Egypt, Tartaria, uh, the stone builders of South America, and the collapsed civilizations dating back, oh, maybe even millions of years ago. They outperform us in many different ways compared to what we can do today. And, uh, and who is better to talk about this than uh, our guests tonight? Shaima Badawi and Eleanor Lydia Bain. They're also here, uh, Eleanor is also here 
to talk about her experiences being on the, the Giza Plateau as well as elsewhere in e Egypt and also help a little bit with the translations because the Egyptians, they talk too fast, I just can't follow. <laughs> so Ele Eleanor has also been in Egypt and have a lot of pictures to show. So this is going to be fun. And welcome to the show, Shamai and Eleanor. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for being here with us. This is so exciting. Thank you. And I love to ask a first question so we kind of get to know you a little bit personally. So how did you each arrive at, at this place, at this incredible place, this expansive place, this amazing path that you're on? You know, when you were little, did you kind of have glimmers of knowing that you were going in this direction? Or how did that unfold for you? No, Sharma, you're, mu you're muted, Sharma. Okay. There you go. Okay. Thank you, thank you for all of you. I'm very, very happy to be with you. It is my pleasure to invite me to be with you. Um, about Egypt, and this is not a country, just a country. The, the old civilization in the world. In this session, you will know more about Egypt. What is the secret? What will surprise all of us? For me, 20 years ago, I am a business administration. I study MBA and DBA. I am not involved in Egyptologist at all. But in 2020, I have suddenly some problem with my beloved sister. She had a cancer and she, I was close to her at the end of her life. She passed away. So, I have a connection with her client and I be with her in the temple and in, in the pyramid. So I, I see Egypt from another side. Just yeah, I was that. working in the healthcare industry. So my sister is Egyptologist. I'm not interested. But in this time, I know what is Egypt? What is the spirit in Egypt? What is the energy? So mm. after my sister passed away, I complete her mission and her dream to own a tour company and to work with tourists, big groups. So now I'm here with you. We are so happy you are. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you, Shaima. Thank, Thank you, Shaima. Thank you for you. Thank you. Yes. Eleanor. Hello, hello, Nori and Aggie. Thank you so much for having us on. And my journey with Egypt began um, from a young age. I always had a, a draw, you know, in those days growing up, the internet wasn't even there yet. But as I got older and I started to uh, go to art school, I was, this is in the late nineties and we were studying history of art. We are when we did the core for Egypt, we were in a dark room with these slideshows being presented to us. And it was at that time that I started to get a stream of reoccurring dreams. Um, they were very, very uh, intense and very realistic, these dreams. And uh, this proceeded to where I actually saw someone like a therapist or a hypnotherapist to help me 
to uncover and unpack what I was experiencing because the quality of the dream was very real and impactful for me. A lot of the content of those dreams were ceremonial. So I was in different um, initiations, rites of initiation and ceremonies. And as the internet started to develop and I could do more detailed research, this is post the year 2000, I was able to see that these uh, experiences I was having in my dreams were very were historical facts and very similar types of ceremonies and initiations were in fact taking place in Egypt. So along with that and my career always um, being around healing, uh, you know, I've been a healer and studying uh, many different modalities since 1994. And a lot of those modalities um, you as a hypnotherapist, Aggie, as you would know, help us to access those deeper memories and experiences. So this is what gave me the prompt and the promise to myself that I was going to return to Egypt in this lifetime. I was going to physically stand and experience the energies and the sacred sites of Egypt, because reading, as we know, even things that we can experience in our memories are one type of experience, but going for ourselves so that we can figure out and we can feel and know it as a living truth, as a living truth, and also to speak to the local people to uh, allow the sacred synchronicities to happen where the bonds that are made, like how I met Shima is because her beloved sister that passed away, when I met her and I did my first tour in Egypt in 2018, we instantly recognized each other as soul sisters. And Doa, who is Shima's sister that passed away in 2021. She was a living library and a record keeper, not only in her DNA, being a long lineage of Egyptians, but she was, I think, chosen so that she could be taking, you know, uh, people from all over the world with the right knowledge, not just the not just the outside knowledge that we tend to hear, but the real deep inner knowledge. And Doa uh, was a very, even though her main, uh, her main, you know, religion and the main religion in Egypt is Islam. Egypt has layer upon layer of deeper spirituality there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I know for many people, a trip to Egypt or visiting the pyramids and all the rest of it over is a once in a lifetime event. But I tell you, I have not been there, but I really want to because I know I want that once in a lifetime event. Yes. It is certainly a pilgrimage. And the thing about Egypt is, as everybody knows, I think most people are aware, especially in this audience, Egypt mm -hmm. is built upon these very special ley lines or grids or, you know, energy centers, uh, how the pyramids are built. 
and in the very um, geometries and structures. And Egypt is a place where you can be healed, you can be activated, but you can also, as a, as a healer, and as a person that understand, works with energy, you can also give your energy to these great energy centers to sort of charge them up to do their great work as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I This is unbelievable. I am having this overwhelming awareness as if we have already done this together. It's, I mean, it's so powerful. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is going to be wonderful. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I want to ask uh, uh, Shaima, when people come to Egypt, what is the most important and most powerful thing that you think they go away with? They go, they go away to know a lot of things they must know. Egypt, they must know what is Egypt. What is inside Egypt? So we will go through around the river and discover just in the journey through the Nile, starting from upper Egypt or from lower Egypt, wherever you have seven chakra, you can move for your body for each one through the Nile. This is, I know people don't know this this is our chakra is through the nile so we if we start um, go to luxor aswan Greek pyramid tal el amarna whatever which cult because this is the cult so a lot of cults around the river people need to go there for healing for for reactivation for uh, reconnect with our ancestors. Mm -hmm. So Egypt, not a country for just a trip, eat food and do something. No, it's a different trip. I ask each one to come. It's <sighs> the country of healers. If we wow. speak about our God and God, you can see Sekhmet. Sekhmet is my tour company name, but she is a goddess. When you go Sekhmet chamber in the Karnak, you feel that you came to heal. It is different energy. You just mm. stay in, in front of Sekhmet and you will be released from bad and negative energy and you what? your trauma, no trauma at all. So this is just one chamber or room in a big temple. And we have a lot like this in each cult. This is life in Egypt. We can, I ask people to come to Egypt to have this experience. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And uh, I think the most famous artifact in Egypt is probably the Cheops pyramid. But yes. what if what if we ask anybody out there in the listening and viewing audience right now a simple question? I bet half of them will get it wrong. 
and that is how many sides does the Cheops pyramid have? What do you think? How you many sides inside the Greek pyramids or complex of the Greek pyramids? Yeah, what if it had eight sides instead of four? Because okay. there are, yeah. You speak about the Greek pyramid complex. What yes. is inside this complex? Yes. Greek pyramids, we already have three three big pyramids and small pyramids. And we have some uh, valley temple and funerary temple for rituals and sphinxes. This is in the complex of the Greek pyramids. I got your question. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's not just wondering. a Greek pyramid. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just yeah. not a Greek pyramid. Yeah, I was also thinking about the sides of the pyramid is not straight. There is a little angle to it. Yes, yes. The, 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 they built the pyramid mm -hmm. as we, as we learn it in history and, and the book. They had an angle aligned with the stars and with Orion. And this, they start build the pyramid. They have the, the first plane and second plane, third plane. They have, like now, if you are a designer, you you had your layout for the pyramids. And they have the first and first chamber and second one, second room and third one to get the final pyramid. The angle is aligned with the star, mm -hmm. with Orion. Mm. Mm. They were quite knowledgeable people, where do you think most of the knowledge that they built these pyramids yeah. and the alignment of the star, where do you think that knowledge came from? Okay, if we say, or say as our history or the book, we say more than 4,000 years, we built the Berlin, but in fact, or also in my opinion, it is not true. The ancient mm. Egyptian didn't build the pyramids. The pyramid is more than 12 years, 12,000 years old. Because I have evidence inside the pyramids, no, hieroglyph no hieroglyphic signs. So mm. maybe it's older than ancient Egyptian, more than 4,000 years old. It's built, there is some research, it say it's built by Atlantis people, ancient Atlantis. Yes. So I was, so was going to get on No, that. no hieroglyphics inside the pyramids. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because one of the things um, in my experiences, life experiences there, will research, oh, I think, I think Atlantis was considered uh, to be, you know, not, in my opinion, Atlantis was not a location. Atlantis was a civilization that spanned over an era of time. There was an era of time and Atlantis was not on one physical location on the planet. It was like saying we went through the Bronze Age. Atlantis was an era of time on this planet. And so within that era, there was a civilization in Egypt with persons who had the same knowledge. If we look, we see that 
the Atlanteans um, had high knowledge of crystal and sound technology. And, um, you know, this is going to bring us on to, you know, the, the pyramids uh, being capable not only to generate energies, it, they are electromagnetic in nature. There are many different functions about this, the, the mechanics of how they were built and the effect that has on the human mind, body, spirit complex. And when you enter that space, it is like entering a different dimension and it can alter your ability to perceive time itself and bring in many experiences. So I really believe that um, there uh, there is a lot of the remnants of Atlantis and very much active in Egypt. Some of it is above the surface of the desert. Some of it is under um, by chance uh, over time, but some of it is, has been hidden by choice because I believe that they, as you say, they don't really want us knowing everything that is in Egypt. And obviously, even on this broadcast, there are certain things we must um, not mention. But I do believe if you are a person who can perceive energy, who can tune in, you will very much perceive and see what is what is still existing there in terms of the technology uh, in, in Egypt at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned something here, how pyramids and how they were built. Let's visit that one for a little bit, because we are told, and it says in the history books, that, yeah, they have thousands of slaves that was rolling these r big rocks on logs. But something isn't quite jiving with it. And because if you put a 70-ton rock on logs, that rock will collapse on you. And uh, there's not going to be... Uh, probably need about 400,000 slaves to pull it. But there's something else that I wonder about because they found the quarries when a lot of the stones were carved out of the mountain 400 miles away. Now, how do you move a 70-ton stone 400 miles floating it down the river and then move it up from the river, up on the Giza Plateau, and moving it another, I, I think it's about 75 to 100 feet up, and stick it in the ceiling of, I think it's the Grand Gallery. But how do you do that without, with just slaves? Something is not right here. And help me out, Shaima, I am really all ears. <laughs> yes, what we what you say is not it's, it's true because um, it is not make sense that these biggest stones can move in this way. No, it's not sense. It's not logic. They have a different energy to build the pyramids. We what we. What we study in the history say they use the ram, big rams, and some uh, wood to move and some wheels, and and they have a big boat transferring the stones from another 
side of the river. So this is what's written in the book. That is not logic at all. From my opinion, <laughs> and what I feel inside the green bomb, it, it is different energy, different energy, maybe frequency, maybe vibration. No, they use they use energy, mm-hmm. not uh, human being, not slaves. No, no, at all. There is no slaves. Muslim, because we when we study history, we found there is a royal tomb, royal tomb for the workers in the area of the Greek pyramids. And they, if we have three three pyramids, we have also small pyramids for some people, like a supervisors of the building the build the building and some uh, positions. So Nosla, this is forest. No, the, just they working, may they working together, together to protect this building, not to build this building. Mm-hmm. So, pyramids built more than 12,000 years, as I say before, not Egyptian, not ancient Egyptian. They work to recognize, to, to write, the history to tell us know what is this building, not more, just a yeah. documentation. They do the documentation with hieroglyphics, letters and sign for us now to know what is this building, not more. This is my opinion. Yeah, I think one of the telltale signs as well, which, which many people don't know about is what is known as the bin bin or the caps so we know that the pyramids were originally all white and coated in this white marble white has you know when we when we think about the qualities of white that is that has a very unique frequency a lot of it a lot of people when we do our uh, meditations nori we call in like the, the white magnetic light of the creator which is a real frequency but the bin bin we uh, is the capstone that were removed through time on these pyramids and i'm going to let shima speak a little about that because this gives us uh, a very good clue about who or whose were around um directing and constructing the building of the pyramids shima yes when we speak about ben ben is a small pyramid from uh, stones, not in the earth. This is stone, just stone to receive the energy. So most of the pyramids in Egypt had these capstones, but we didn't found, we found uh, some for one pyramid at Saqqara, but for Greek pyramids, we didn't find. This is capstone, it's used to call, to, uh, to uh, receive the energy and it has some um, symbolic sign like Horus I, it means we protect you. And so it's, it's, it's uh, amazing. When you can see one in, in, uh, in Egyptian museum in, in Cairo, just one, but it's, it's people stand in, in front of this Ben Ben and say, 
we, 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 they didn't understand what's this type of stone till now. It's a meteorite. So the stone is not from Earth. What the one capstone, all of them had these capstones. And it was a, a sub, it's a substance that's, it's a meteorite. It's not from this planet. And, you know, I don't know if you're aware, Shima, Age has written an amazing book called, um, you know, how to access the universal consciousness or the universal life force. So these capstones were created to to be a channel or to draw the the universal, you know, the chi, the frill, the universal consciousness and energies down into into these structures and for all the people to receive the benefits thereof. Yeah. Now that was a, a little bit about how they made they may have used energy and sound to move the stones, and I am totally convinced that is how it happened. The question is also, who did it? Maybe the history books. Okay, here's the word history. Got to remember when we read the word history, break up the word. It is his story. Maybe it's not our story. There could be something else in there that applies to this, and that is that maybe what's in the history book is not right. If you look at the history book, it says Khufu built it, or at least he said so. But there are other old documents that I found, and there is a 3,750-year-old document that is actually called, I believe it is in the Enuma Elish. If you go and read those papers, that was 3,750 years ago. It was, it was carbon dated to be that old. And they're saying that the people who built the big pyramid was the, the crocodile kings. And if you look in Egypt and elsewhere in the world, you find statues of people looking like us all the way up to here, and then they have a crocodile head on them. Actually, their hands also have claws. These statues are all over the place. Why are they in South America as well as in India and other places far away from each other, they must, whoever did those statutes must have seen something or seen drawings of it or something that represented humanoids with crocodiles' heads, because there is a lot of carvings with those guys. And uh, I, I, I challenge the uh, listeners and the viewers out there, go research this and see what you think too because there is more to this story than just one side. That's my story. A... I'm, I'm done. <laughs> it's For very me, Crocodile God Sobek's new. So I let new. It's I didn't I didn't hear before. So I will let Alinora say what what she yeah. she believe on. Well, of course, I don't believe that um, the crocodile, uh, I don't, well, Sobek, um, the, uh, I don't believe that it was in his uh, time of rulership that those, you know, were built or did he build them. I do personally believe, like all through history, 
as we um, have the evidence globally. So in these different sacred sites all over the world where we have these intersecting grid lines, energy lines, um, because these the ancients, um, they were very knowledgeable and they still you know, so the History Channel and a lot of uh, different shows, it's still a mystery of how a lot of these sites were built. How did these megalith stones come and move over very difficult terrain? And how did they fit precisely and exactly together? Additionally, um, if we could, if uh, modern, uh, uh, you know, archaeologist and modern civil engineers can look at the way that the stones that were cut and fit together and there's a lot of specific cuts that we don't even have that level of technology in 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 terms of being able to cut through stone at at those precise measurements so i believe um i'm gonna say it i believe that we do we know obviously we have been visited um, by off-world species for a very long time. And um, they were part and parcel of um, the building of many of these structures in Egypt and many different parts of the world. Yeah, and I, I agree with that because I think those, if they were crocodiles that did it, they were not native to here, they came from somewhere else. But then again, that is only one theory. There are others out there that may be more valid. It's just my opinion. Yeah, it's a great a great movie that I actually rewatched recently. Uh, one of my favorites from it, but the Indiana Jones movie um, with the Crystal Skull. It is actually one of the best movies. It's very triggery um, for our DNA, because in our DNA are these memories. Our D uh, each one of us who's living today, our DNA goes way back that we may have had ancestors in these places. And that is a very interesting thing to say that it is the technology of our DNA, our physical, and our spiritual DNA that when we are at the sites um, can get activated and, and switched on as well and can bring a lot of memories and a lot of what is dormant in our DNA can be activated, especially with awareness and intention and preparation at these sites. Mm -hmm. You have pictures yes i would yeah. i would love to hear more of the story as we get to uh really experience okay experience it yeah so okay just pull you guys up okay so shima because i took these on my last trip what i'm going to ask you to do is just to help me out with some of the photos so in case i don't remember everywhere where they are, I'm almost there, okay? Um, I remember some of them. So these were all um, my photos and some of the persons. I'm just gonna start. So here we have, we are setting out to a very special place here. This is the island of Philae. And the island of Philae, um, Shima may pronounce it, it was an uh, island. Philae sometimes we say Phila in Arabic and Philae in English. This okay. is Isis, Isis, 
Right. So this house, this was an island that was so sacred. It had to be, it crumbled into the water and it was rebuilt. The Egyptian government and the French government, it was one of the most um, biggest collaborations that they did. And I can't remember how, when they exactly did it. But this particular temple as well can only be accessed by boat or water. It is literally a freestanding island. And it's it has... called Fluka. Fluka. It's a small boat. <laughs> yes. Um, we, we get up very, very early in the morning to go there. And it has a very rich history, which I'm going to show you because this is where you're going to the boat to go to the island. It had a lot of Greek and Roman, um, the Alexander, in the time of uh, Alexander. This is, uh, we had a, a lot of activity happening and a lot of uh, colonization and trade between Greece and the Roman Empire. This is one of the markets there in the morning. Oh, sorry. Where they um, sell some incredible incense and all the things that you can think of. Okay. Go back. Yeah. I wonder about this island. Was that the island that there was a mystery school that Yahshua Bethalachme or the guy that you know as Jesus? He spent several years on an island in Egypt, in more or less in the uh, mouth of the river. It might be. I'm not certain. What is interesting okay. here? Want to show you is the symbol of the Knights Templar. The symbol yeah. of so what we had in Egypt is when we had all these different eras and the different dynasties, we would have just like in any other country, we'd have the old symbols or the old faces, and then the colonizers or those who were there would imprint their their own symbols of power in these spaces. So here's this is sunrise. This is sunrise at uh, at Philin. Oh, that's let me show you. This is a real time shot. When I came back from Egypt, you wouldn't believe what this is. My favorite, my the god. The, there's two gods I have the strongest connection to. Um, not the most popular ones. One is Akhenaten, and the other one is Hathor. That I've had my own unique and very personal experiences with. We all know what Akhenaten looks like. I will show you a photo of me and him shortly in the Egyptian Museum of Antiquities. But I came back from Egypt and I went to process my experience and uh, just uh, connect in a sacred way. I did a fire in my garden. I did a fire and this, if you know the, the Akhenaten, this is his, like his head, his large head, his body and his hook that he used and his foot. And so this appeared in my actual fire as I was um, doing a ceremony wow. post. It is truly mystical. Wow. Okay. This is the island of Philly, all of the cats. Cats are sacred <laughs> in Egypt. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Go through. Again, this is all Philly. And you can see all of the different um, temple, uh, different aspects of this temple and remains. Okay, Hadrian, Hathor, Isis. We have Imhotep, who was uh, made famous in the in the mummy movies with Brendan Fraser. Okay. Yes. Oh, sorry, I keep coming out of that window. Okay, just go back. 
Okay. Um, okay. All right, so let's move on to the Valley of the Kings. Here we start, this is me, this is here in the Valley of the Kings, which is an incredible journey to take. This is where a lot of the tombs, oh, I'm so sorry, the tombs are. So the Valley of the King is a journey that you have to be very ready for. And maybe, Shima, you can just talk about it a little bit while I'm pulling up those photos again. Okay. Okay. Uh, Valley of this is in... Okay. The Valley of the King. Sorry, it keeps jumping out of my screen. I'm so sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, right. you wanted to speak about Valley of the King and Valley of the Queen. This is mm -hmm. the big area in the West Bank of Luxor. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a lot of tomb for pharaohs and kings and uh, women, royal. So you need me to speak about this one or just... We can move on. Um, here we are. We are, I think, in Hathor's temple. Hathor. Yes. Hathor. yes okay. The famous sistrum for Hathor. She used the sistrum for dance and music. She is famous with these tools. Sistrum. A lot, she used a lot of these tools will be brought back. So I know some people that have created some of these types of tools that they're using uh, metals. Okay, we can talk about this image here as well. The famous light bulb. Yes. This is uh, in Dandara, Dandara Temple in mm -hmm. uh, in Abar Egypt for mm -hmm. uh, this temple was for Hathor the the cow goddess Hathor is the the god of love and fertility and kind she is and she bring all of people what they want so when you go there just ask Hathor please help me please protect me um you you will gain what you want and what you ask. So from this photo, you see, this is the technology. From their side, from their uh, side, this is big one included a serpent. So it's mean the power, it means the energy. And mm -hmm. this is, this is called digit pillar. So in, in digit pillar is the sign for stability what we uh what we can uh use uh, or see in osiron uh temple because it means if you want to be stable or protected you can use this uh sign a symbol like a bubble around our aura a lot of people a lot of people have thought that this was a light bulb but it really symbolizes like you being in a form of protection or a bubble of protection with your life force is inside, inside. Yes. Okay. So this is a cute one. This is, um, many people don't know. I was, I didn't know this, even all I had studied that um, dwarves were very popular. They used to bring different dwarves from different places. You know how in the Arthurian or English culture, they had court jesters and they had people who would make merry and entertain the royals. So dwarves were very, very popular with the yes. royals. And also I want to say, could you back the photo? Okay. Sure, sure. 
Okay. Yes. This God's name is Bess. Bess. This God here, because he is protect pregnant woman. Yes. But what is pregnant woman? She is a pregnant for divine birth. She the for example, eyes Isis will bring Horus. So this here to protect. Mm. Mm. Yes. Just like the story of um, Mary, yes. So divine protection for those who are doing, bringing creativity, bringing life, and having what we would consider these divine powers. Okay. Okay. Keeps coming out. Okay. As I continue here, Aga, are there any other questions as I start to bring up some of these photos? This is a very special one here. This is in the Temple of Horus. A lot of people, I don't know if we discussed this, Doa. Remember I told you that there is a, there is like a different language, a very different language. It has a special name in the Temple of Horus that it's not really, it's not really popular. It's not really out there. And it seems to have a lot of coding to do or instructions for our DNA. Do you know about this one? Ah, uh, yes, it's a magic 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 words and they yes. can use it because you know the ancient egyptian use a magic for a lot of things so it's a magic science and the good thing mm. with all this technology i'm sure nori and age would agree the, the technology that is in egypt is not something that the world needs to worry about okay it is benevolent technology and the beautiful thing um how wise these beautiful beings how wise they were you these these tech we call it magic in this dimension but I, it's called science or technology or mechanics okay uh, we just that's the word we use uh, alchemy of of reality the only way you can have access to this technology and use it is you must be a frequency match. If you're full of hate and anger and the bad intentions, you are not, you have to be a vibrational match to unlock and to utilize this technology. So this is, this is some very uh, important, important to be noted because, you know, they also have, um, as we know, we live in a, a, a diverse world and there's been so much sort of like um superstition you know in the western world and with the other abrahamic religions on you know the sort of like um uh, dubious history but to mention on this is um one thing to be noted about egypt that we are not told as well which is very beautiful is that this is on downtown cairo sunset just driving through the pyramids. Egypt has, Egypt currently is run mostly by the Egyptian military and they do a really good job. Um, so for each site, they have uh, uh, somebody who would be in charge. The, each, there's a commanding officer, that's the, the, the group there in the morning of the parent with the pyramids. Um, they have someone in charge, yes, of the pyramids and the military is there. But as many people know, there was an ancient mystery school known as the Egyptian mystery schools. And this is something 
that um, Shima and I will be talking about in the future. I did have exposure and I was in a mystery school and we did, um, we were exposed to certain teachings within that mystery school. But additionally, the, the Egyptian mystery school, okay, it never died. It never died. It simply went underground. And when you are, okay, my, my, my system is glitching there. When you are at the sites, you will see the presence there. There are different men in white robes and white hats, and they're often around the place. And they are very much um, protecting the spiritual energies and all of the sacred sites in Egypt. So there's mm -hmm. two. The ancient tradition is still alive and running concurrent to, to the modern day. Okay, let's see if we can get any more of these. Right. So this is um, right there in the paws of the Sphinx. And this is something I know, Aggie, you had wanted to touch on. The Sphinx. That's in Sunrise. So most of the, when we go there, we will do, um, you know, because obviously there are, going back to that word magic, there are unique energies that stir at dawn and dusk, at twilight and dusk. So when we are there at that time, we can also um, make the most of those energies. So I gave, did, you had asked us something about the Sphinx in particular, and there's talk about the Hall of Records, how old the Sphinx is, the water, you know, where, where, where um, geologists have studied, and the watermarks alone will tell us how much older the Sphinx is than we have actually, what, than what the history of our global narrative is saying at this time mm -hmm. in our history. Yeah, yeah. because if we look at the, the back of the Sphinx, or the body of the Sphinx, there is grooves from runoff of water. And there, there are, these are uh, geologists that is coming out saying that this is from water. And there were no water in Egypt. In order to have water, this magnitude that will create that runoff that dates back 30,000 years before you had water that could do that. So now that challenges the history books again, as well as another enigma to it is that we know there's a chamber, there's a hall of record under the right paw. We know the Egyptian government was in there. And I wondered what they found. Is there anything that has surfaced on that, Shema, uh, that you can uh, know of? Um, what you say, uh, that was officially not announced from uh, Egyptian government. But we know that there is American researchers come here and they have a reason what is close to the bow of Sphinx, right one. And there is a big chamber and big city under the Sphinx. And we don't know why they, nowadays they didn't complete these discoveries, but there is a, a secret because they say there is a whole of library it mm -hmm. it records all the history and what under the sand of Egypt 
and what is the secret of building the pyramid and it, and the sphinx so we are, we will wait may we know what what under the sphinx soon inshallah i yeah. hope so because we need to know yeah yeah there are several people that talk about uh, they think there has been some leaks of information yes, there is they... a, the american researchers say they, there is a lake it's clean water clean water yeah. Yeah. and also it's connected with Osiris in Abar Egypt, the same green and clean water. You, you can know more about Osiris. Um, it's a temple in uh, Abydos, Abydos in Abar Egypt yeah. for the Osiris god, god of the underworld. Yeah. So yeah. the people out there, it's really important to note that the temple of Osiris, Osiron, is where the first image uh, in our history of the flower of life is imprinted. That is the first place where the flower of life is, and it's the heart, it, it's the first place it was there. So there is a very deep, uh, deep meaning and lineage in that temple. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I uh, see. Uh, see, we are we are using the time here, so then maybe yeah. show a couple of more good pictures, and then I want to hear a little bit about your tours to Egypt. What will people actually be able to participate with and see? And there is maybe some spiritual experiences in there also somewhere. Look at Doa. This is um, Shima's. Just to say, this is Shima's sister yeah. Doa. Aww. Okay. Yeah, Shima, go ahead. Hi, Doa. <laughs> <laughs> She's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pointing to the capstone that isn't there. Exactly. Exactly. We can flow that universal consciousness now. Yes. Yeah, so please talk, Shima, about the tour. And what we can experience, there is um, there's a lot that one can do in 10 days. It's very comprehensive. Oh, You're on mute. Oh, oh, sorry. We will start with a visit a Greek pyramid um, um, uh, and a pyramid complex. Stay um, two hours private, uh, close to thanks. This is a different uh, energy and different uh, experience. So yeah. for me, I, I didn't uh, do any uh, common trap. We need spiritual and healing trap. People mm -hmm. want to retreat, so they must come to Egypt. So. Inside the Greek pyramids, we have energy. We will uh, we will align with the stars. We have energy with the sphinxes, and after that, we can visit Saqqara. Saqqara is a complex uh, area, uh, included a lot of uh, pyramids and tomb from the fourth and fifth dynasty. And after that, we can uh, go to to Echnaton city. Echnaton city is uh, for Echnaton. May uh, Alinora want to show us photo for Echnaton? Yeah. 
I'll find that now. Yes. 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 What we're, what we're, yeah. I'll get him now. And that is in the Egyptian Museum of Antiquities, correct? But let yes. me, let me yes. this is in Luxor. Okay. okay. And after that, we can fly or drive, go to Luxor and Aswan. We will visit Luxor Temple and Karnak. And, this is Luxor uh, and Karnak. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Huge and massive temple. And there is uh, Luxor, it's called body, body, our body temple. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, Luxor, Luxor is built the whole complex of Luxor is built as the human body. So human each body of the temple represents a different part of the body. I'm just pulling this up from the small, um, a different part of the body. And as we walk through each part of the temple, we receive healing for that specific uh, part of the body. But this is inside the Egyptian uh, Museum of Antiquities, and this is a statue of Akhenaten. Of Akhenaten, yeah. Akhenaten God. Yeah. I want to say something. Look at his face. That face does not belong to a human. No. No. That belongs yeah. to... And look at the, the shape of the body is not human. Mm -hmm. This is the shape of the body that is depicted in drawings and carvings of the Anunnaki. Absolutely. And a very important point to mention, most people don't know that within the Egyptian Museum of Antiquities, it houses one third of the world's antiquities. So just being in the just just going to the museum i mean you are yes. going to be able to see so many eras of history and time in one place it is i mean it is truly it's truly uh, the word is awesome it, it can be a bit overwhelming you know um mm -hmm. i remember mm -hmm. when we went to see i never felt a connection with tutankhamen but they have a whole huge section yes. dedicated to tutankhamen yes and I just cried. I don't know why. This is Sakara. Um, yes. Sakara. This, um, yes. Yes. Thanks. Okay. Yep. And what you can talk about um, the other while I pull up the rest here, Shima. Mm -hmm. Yes. Also, um, we bring people to do initiatic pass inside the temple of Egypt. So we can have uh private time yeah, going. Mm -hmm. in you keep talking isis temple and visit frozen in isis um okay. she okay you're back with us go ahead <laughs> okay um we bring people to have initiatic pass in their life initiatic pass so in on the temple right. so for example, when we go to Sahmet chamber in the Karnak for healing for two hours to release. And in Isis, we can visit Mamizi's room, the divine birth room. And in Hathor, Hathor is Dandara uh, goddess. Um, we can have a different energy there for our feminine energy. 
This is very important because in ancient Egyptian woman, it was in the back, close to the man, helping and protecting, and she she had her image. When he fight, you can find a woman. When they uh, there is a love, you can find a woman. So feminine energy in each temple. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we will work on this also. Okay. I see uh, we are down to the end of the show here, but let people know your, um, we have your website in the text below, but also yeah. tell people where they can find you and where they can get some more information about the tours over there and look at the pictures on your website. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, we uh, we have a company, sechmetour.com. Already we will share. My name is Shaima. I am available in WhatsApp and website. All my information in website. Uh, I'm ready to help anyone want to come to Egypt, wherever. For, my, for, for example, today I have a group. Um, their flight, it's different time. Some come at one now at one at a.m. and some come three and some. So I need to handle all this. So I didn't book hotel. Uh, some people stay with me at home. So I'm flexible to help people to have my mission wherever. It is not a business. I love what I do. And also, yeah. I have a deal with Eleonora to come to Egypt. We have our own itinerary. You can see, and and we 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 are open to to work with anyone. It's called the Goddess Tour. It will be in March of 2024, and we've made the tour ten days. But that ten days will include Cairo. It will include domestic flights. Uh, it will include a Nile tour. Um, it is incredible value. It's also the value of of us being there with you to guide you and to connect to these energies. So um, this is this is an opportunity we wanted to put forward um, for humanity at this time and for for all those who have ever wanted to go to have somebody people who are knowledgeable. Uh, who know their way around and make sure that they have a, a spiritual and a safe journey. Beautiful. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank so, you so much. much. It's amazing. And I can't even imagine how amazing that tour would be. So thank you. Thank you, Shaima, for what you do. Thank you, Eleanor. Amazing pictures, beautiful sharing. So much love to you both. Yeah. And everybody in the chat room, everybody watching on the replay, thank you for being here. Don't forget, we've got the Friday show at 7.30, the Quantum Wellbeing show. It's a quick show. It's only 30, maybe 45 minutes if we go over. We've got the membership group right here if you want exclusive content. And we're here every uh, Tuesday, of course, at 8 p.m. And don't forget, we've got the Paranormal show now on Sunday, 8 p.m. That's all Eastern time. Much love, everybody. We'll see you next week and take good care. Thank you. Thank you for being here.